Welcome, my pretties. Come in, have a seat, as we spill the tea on true crime and other miscellaneous macabres. I'm Autumn. And I'm Haley. And this is Don't You Know, the Vampire of Hanover, Germany's most prolific serial killer. This is an insanely fucked up one. So trigger warning for murder, mutilation, dismemberment. Damn. Yeah. Collecting a uh, wall. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. That's Hidden true. cannibalism. That's inappropriate. Yes. Sexual abuse of children. Oh. Yes. Not it, man. Obviously, Rocky, your dog, is very upset about it. He does not like the monsters. He is a demon hunting dog. Hey. That's okay. We would all we all disagree with those monsters. We do. <laughs> Party. Let's get into his early life. He was the youngest son of an aged and ailing mother, Johanna, and a cold and distant father, Ollie. I like that name, Ollie. Yeah, he was kind of a dick, though. Oh, well, don't be a dick, but Tarnished I like your name. Tarnished the name. I guess. Yeah, it's rumored that he married Johanna for her money. Uh, he'd often be found drunk in brothels, and if he wasn't seeking favors from the local women of the night, he would be out working, uh, just any reason to stay away from home and his children and his wife. Aww. Because of his secret trysts, he would often come home with sexually transmitted diseases, then passing him on or passing them on to his wife. They had five children, and Fritz, the black hole of this story, was a, chi- uh, was a quiet child coddled by his mother and despised by his siblings and father for being odd and effeminate. He would love to play dress-up with his sisters and, you know, play with their dolls with them. And it was fine while he was small, but once he started growing in, five, six, seven, you know, his dad being the manly, you know, masculine type, boys don't do that. He didn't like the fact that he was sewing and doing needlework with his mother or learning how to cook with the, you know, girls in the kitchen. So he would often... Huh? I want to learn a needlepoint. That shit's intricate. I know. It's freaking cool. Honestly, what them hands do, though? (laughs) They know how to get the small spaces. They're very precise. I'm not saying I would want to be touched by him because you just, you know, listed off a plethora of sexually transmitted diseases. Um, no, the father wasn't doing needlework. Fritz was doing needlework. I know, but, and Fritz oh. has... Doesn't Fritz have the uh, sexually transmitted diseases? No, he's the child. Oh, you were talking about... Ollie. Ollie, well, Ollie oh, the okay. father, okay. married to Johanna. I'm on track now. Okay, here we go. So because he was a strange child, his father would ignore him, and if he wasn't ignoring him, he was berating him for his behaviors, telling him to knock it off, you know, be a boy, boys don't do that. Johanna would get in the middle of it, you know, say, leave him alone. She would coddle him, spoil him, gave in to his every little whim. And this, of course, only exacerbated his father's distaste for him. When he became of school age, his teachers noted that he was spoiled and often caught daydreaming instead of participating in the lessons. But he was passing academically. Yeah, 
or I mean, whoops. Though he was well behaved, he was below the academic standard for his age group, and he had to repeat a couple of school years. Oh well, yeah, not paying attention. Yeah, not paying attention, just daydreaming. When Fritz was about eight, he was allegedly raped by one of his school teachers. Though, though this would have been a traumatizing event, Fritz didn't seem too bothered by it. Okay. He didn't talk about it necessarily. He didn't deviate from his normal routine a whole lot. Pretty much just carried on as if everything was normal. But nothing could be farther from the truth. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Even at a young age, he was very aware of sex and autoerotic, you know, he would like to choke himself and... That's intense. And then, yeah. That's an intense interest. Even for an adult. Yeah, and he's, you know, eight, nine, yeah. ten, having awful... When Fritz was 15, he had finished his schooling and decided to join the German military in April of 1895. He thrived here in the disciplined routine of military life, but only for a short time. He began to suffer from periodic fugues and was diagnosed with anxiety neurosis and discharged in November of 1895. So he didn't serve very long. About five months there. April. Wow. Okay. Or about seven months, yeah. Not very long. Not very long at all. Daydreaming. Fugues. After he was discharged, he would then go on to work in his father's cigar factory for a short time. This was not a healthy environment for the young lad, as he and his father never saw eye to eye. They would constantly quarrel, you know, pick at each other, fight. Fritz was, was not suited to be under his father's thumb. So this created one hell of a toxic work environment. You I just got dad and son shooting imagine. insults and not getting anything done because they're arguing. What? Sounds relatable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fritz would begin his journey of sexual abuses at the age of 16. He would lure young boys into dark cellars with promises of treats and secrets only grown-ups should know. He would teach them games that he forced to keep them secret from his parents. These these games, they, they weren't real fun. This is He would molest them. Yeah. And that's, grab on them. I, that's what, I feel like there's a little more trauma that must have happened that wasn't reported on. Two Fritz? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was beat by his father. Like, his his father was a disciplinarian, would beat him with the belt, yeah. you know, for being, for just enjoying things that he enjoyed. I guess nothing wrong with a little boy wants to play with dolls, okay? Well, like, no, he ain't hurt nobody, but, but he would get. But also, an eight-year-old isn't usually doing auto-asphyxiation for no reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, when trauma like that happens, like we had talked about in the Eileen Wuornos Eileen Wuornos case, your love map becomes skewed and and fucked up. So, you know, would he would he normally have been like that if he hadn't been so traumatized? Sure. I think it was also said that he had meningitis when he was a toddler, mm-hmm. which the high fever, you know, can really affect your brain. So he's another serial killer that ended up with a lot of brain trauma. So 
kind of goes back to as that is it is it nature is it nurture was yeah. it caused if he hadn't had meningitis and been sexually abused would he have turned out to be the butcher of Hanover yeah I don't know the podcast I will have to link it in the notes uh, I think it's called serial killers podcast really kind of they have a two-part episode where they delve into the psychology of serial killers and they have a good two-part episode on Fritz and explain his diagnoses and behaviors really well. Highly recommend. It's it's great. Eventually, the evidence of his transgressions would be revealed. The parents started to notice odd behaviors and marks on their children. They took their findings and the confessions of the children to the police, and once word got out that Fritz was being investigated for the heinous acts, more parents came out with their suspicions. The town was enraged, so much so that Fritz would become frightened and turn himself into the police to save himself from the wrath of the mob that was screaming his name. Pussy. Pussy. Yeah. He's, for the fucked up shit he does, he is a cowardly, he's just always out to save his ass. Weasel. Due to the nature of the crimes, the Division for Criminal Matters chose to place Fritz in a mental in a mental institution in the city of Hildesheim. That's a German word. It yeah, I did look up how to pronounce it, but have since uh, lost it a little bit in translation. After a psychic evaluation, he would be certified as being incurably deranged and unfit to stand trial. The leading doctor, Gert. That's my that's my best. Um. Gert Schmeilfus would send him back to the institution in May of eighteen ninety seven. Of course, Mental Asylums of the eighteen hundreds is an episode all their own, but the footnotes but the footnotes version here is that they were bad. Okay. That sounds so stupid. His last name would be Narrowfoot. Narrowfoot? Yeah, that would be the translation in the English. Hmm. Schmilefus. I think that's how it sounded. Schmilefus? Trying to... I'm horribly American. Pardon my mispronunciation. I can't even pronounce my own words. Mm. Of course, Mental Asylums of the 1800s is an episode all their own, but the footnotes version here is that they were bad. Endless periods of solitary confinement was deemed an effective treatment, shock therapy, sexual abuse, horrid conditions. Needless to say, Fritz hated it there. He would escape seven months later with the help of his mother returning to her sanctuary. Out of the mental asylum? Yeah. What the fuck? Talk about enabling, right? He was there for a reason. What the He's molesting children. You should have just left him there. I mean, I understand the conditions were horrid. I don't condone the torture of... No, You know, the, the, the deranged, the incurably deranged, keep him away from children in his asylum. But also, he's a pedophile, and I don't care. I mean, there's also that. Um, Trying to play devil's advocate, but honestly. 
uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you're a pedophile, and uh, you knew better. Uh, you deserve whatever comes to your way. Now, all the other innocent victims in there that just might have had what we now know as other diseases, yes, or other um, mental disorders. No, I don't want them to be mistreated. But his ass, he's a pedophile. We can get gangrene and die. He would have been considered a schizophrenic. So to him, he was like, I just couldn't help it. I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, no, you still know better. Like, yeah, I mean, like, when not all... Throughout his evaluations, skits, so. they would be like, yeah, he's fucked up, but he knew. Yeah. Like, he knew, not what, he, to he be, knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He just didn't feel it the same way. He just wanted to fucking do it. Yeah, gross, gross. Because you could get away with it. It's just, oh my god. This is what we call a gross human. Absolutely. I don't even want to classify it as human. Damn. Not really, I guess. <laughs> After his escape, he would flee to Zurich, Switzerland, where he would live with a relative of his mother. He would find work as a handyman in the shipyard, remaining here for about a year and a half before returning to Hanover in April of 1899. While he was there, he got to enjoy the nightlife of partying with young men Often internally fighting with himself for giving in to his passions, wanting to make his father proud, hating himself for dressing in women's clothes and enjoying the company of men over women. So this is why he went back to Hanover. While he was in Zurich, he would meet and seduce his first wife, Erna Lowert. She was pregnant when they came back to Hanover. (sighs) They wouldn't be together long, as Fritz was called upon to perform his mandatory military service in 1890. A year later, he would be deployed to the Alsatian city of Colmar, where he would serve in the Number 10 Rifle Battalion. In October of 1901, he would suffer from disease spells, subsequently being hospitalized for four months until he was deemed deemed unsuitable for military service and discharged on July 2nd of 1902. I mean... If you're constantly... Yeah. Staring off into space, you really don't want to be I could see how he's not suitable for, for... Yeah. Yeah, for her. I don't think you can hear that through the mic. One reason he was deemed unsuitable was because he was caught with having sex with the other... Men? Men, yeah. Mm. But also for his dizzy spells and just... You know, being a a drama queen. I'm sure he is a drama queen. His diagnosis was probable dementia precox, precox, dementia precox, an early description of schizophrenia. Being that he was medically discharged, he was given a pension of 21 gold marks a month. This meant that he could return home to Erna and work in his father's cigar factory once more. As we've learned, neither of them worked well together. They weren't overjoyed with this reunion. As if they hadn't skipped a beat, both men would constantly argue. Fritz was the first to involve the courts in their petty disputes, filing maintenance, filing a maintenance case against his father, citing that he could do not, that he could not work due to the injuries sustained during his military service. Ollie was successful in contesting this suit, and the charges were dropped with the help of his children saying that Fritz was fine, he was completely able to work, he was just lazy. He seemed like a lazy piece of shit, yeah. 
He would he could work hard if he wanted to, but only if he wanted to. He was mostly a con artist. He he's if he couldn't manipulate you. A year later, a violent fight would break out between Ollie and Fritz. Now it was Ollie's turn to sue Fritz, though the charges were dropped due to being there no collaborating evidence. Over the fight, he said Fritz was a violent... Oh, I just went brain dead there for a second. Saying that he was violent and didn't need to be around him. But because there was no cooperating evidence, the charges were dropped. However, this ruling did not come without consequence. Fritz, Fritz, Fritz was made to undergo another psychic evaluation by Dr. Andre. Though he... Yeah. I'm he would sure. be constantly seen by doctors. Each and every one of them going, yeah, he's fucked up. But he just always seems to slip through the cracks. Or make cracks of his own to slip through. Kind of gross. <laughs> he was deemed morally inferior, but not mentally unstable. Despite how Ollie felt about his son, he did adore his daughter-in-law and grandchildren. Because of this, he would finance a fishmonger for them. Not wanting to stay under his father's heavy burden, he would attempt, Fritz would attempt to be an insurance salesman before being officially classified as disabled in 1904, which would increase his monthly pension. Fritz would go on to accuse Erna of having an affair with a student. Offended she, would call the off, offended, she would call off the engagement, and as the fishmonger was in her name, Fritz was left out on his ass. Damn. She said, get off my property. His daddy was like, I, don't like, I no like her. Yes. I he chose... <laughs> Her in the divorce. <laughs> She's mine. With all this newfound freedom and money burning a hole in his pocket, Fritz would become a very bored and unhinged man. He would spend the better part of the next decade in and out of prison for burglary, larceny, embezzlement, assault, among so many other crimes. During one of his short-lived bouts of legitimacy, Fritz would become acquainted with a Frau Gulish. They would join forces to become grave robbers though they were never charged with these offenses. He had no scruples, no morals. The man would literally do anything for a buck. Except work, honestly. Well, yeah, except work. <laughs> In 1913, Fritz would once again be arrested for burglary. Upon investigation of his living quarters, the police would find a hoard of stolen jewelry, clothes, and other items. Of course, he protested, claiming to be innocent, which we know is bullshit, and so did the courts. He was convicted and sentenced to five years imprisonment, he would breathe a sigh of relief since he was terrified of returning to the awful asylums. That says something. Yeah, three squares and all the gay sex you can have versus being left alone in a cell for saying, days on end. It on the uh, treatment in those mental health facilities at those times. Humans can just be absolutely horrid to each other. Honestly. During World War I, Fritz was allowed to work outside of the prison due to a, a shortage of available domestic power. Why did I say that? During World War I, Fritz was allowed to work outside of the prison due to a shortage of, of available domestic workers. He was allowed to work the grounds and handle menial tasks for manors near one of the more affluent cities. He would be released in April of 1918. 
where he would employ himself as a dealer of black market items such as sugar and coffee, anything that was typically rationed during wartime, especially meat. He would, he would get into this trade because of the tanking German, econo German economy following their defeat in World War I. <laughs> he taken advantage of a chaotic situation, yeah, like a true manipulator. Somehow he would weasel his way into becoming a police informant, getting off on the thrill of manipulating his fellow criminals and rivals while hiding his deviances from the police. They found him strange but harmless. This couldn't have been further from the truth. Yeah, honestly, just look at his fucking past. I bet they didn't know about it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I read anything about how if he was... They had police records, so I'm going to assume that they knew. But that's probably why they picked him, because he could weasel his way into that society, was comfortable with the other criminals so that he could tell on them. So, yeah, they probably did know that yeah. he was a weasel in disguise. I'm sorry if I'm offending weasels. Hey, stop offending Just, the weasels. I'm sorry. Weasel. Because of the trust he garnered throughout the town, he was able to creep in the shadows of his... He was able to creep in the shadows of his afflictions. He would wait outside the train stations for young immigrating men. He was a predator, standing back, looking for the weak and the vulnerable so that he could pounce on them. He would pick his targets and approach them with offerings of drink and merriment. He was a guiding hand in a new city. He was just your friendly neighborhood monster. Yeah. Monster. Absolutely. Just, just the way someone's standing out there and you're like, okay, just another average bloke. Cool. Turns out it's some sadistic fucking piece of shit that's targeting you for his own sick desire. Absolutely terrifying. Is he touching kids at this point? Probably not. He's not getting caught for it, but I'm sure he's still seducing. Or not seducing, but abducting and, yeah. you know, sodomizing young boys. They don't ever really stop. And... As you'll see later, once he gets going, he just has no off button. He's a man that would not stop. Like, there are other serial killers that can Take have breaks. cooling off periods yeah. of years even. Fritz was not one of them. He was constantly in need of the thrill. Yeah. Maybe that's what, an emotion that he could feel. Oh, like everything else was numb? Yeah. He just... And that was something that he was very feel. hedonistic. Very hedonistic. He was all about the pleasure, the thrill, what was yeah. good for him. Addicted to his own dopamine. Yeah. Is Burke? Whoa. <laughs> his first victim, a young man named by, by the name of Friedel Roth. I say young man, but he was really just a boy of 17. He had run away from home, finding himself in the same cafe as Fritz. Fritz would go on to seduce the child into drink and forbidden sex. While nuzzling Friedel's neck, Fritz would take his Adam's apple into his mouth and rip it out. Whoa! Yeah. Called him the, the werewolf of Hanover Holy because he shit. would tear out the throats of his victims. I was not expecting He was compelled. It, it was a fantasy of his for a long time. And one day he acted on it. He was just so compelled to rip out the throat 
of a 17-year-old child that he was manipulating, which is bad enough. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get all occult or spiritual or whatever, but, like, demons do exist. Do you yeah. see this shit? Whether it's fucking brain damage, emotional trauma, I don't know. Demons do exist. This is fucking, like, he's not a real werewolf, I ain't saying that, but. No, but. But, for ew. fuck's sake. Hey, he's eating people's throats like a fucking gross person. Yes. The monster had truly been set free. After the boy asphyxiated on his own blood, Fritz would dismember the corpse and bury it, keeping the head behind the stove in his apartment wrapped in newspaper. He was not careful with his victim, though, leaving a trail of witnesses behind him. Frito's friends would report him missing, citing that he was last seen with Fritz. The police would show up to his apartment and investigate, finding him in the middle of sodomizing a 13-year-old boy. Though this is not what they had been looking for, they still arrested him for sexual assault and battery of a child. This is pretty early to be doing that, honestly. Let's see. See, yes, I finally started adding dates, but now I have no idea what he is. We have to do quick math to figure out how the fuck old he is. Well, if you read slightly farther down, we will figure out that it's around 8, 1919, so I'm assuming it would be around 1915, depending on how the next couple sentences go. Yeah, this was in 1919. Yeah. He was born in all the way up here. 1879. 1919 minus 1879. I'm just saying, like, the year, the, the year... I'm just saying that in 1919... He was 40. They were still marrying kids young and stuff. Not giving him an excuse to touch 13-year-old kids. By the early 1920s? I mean, yeah, women were getting married at, like, 15, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. But child abuse... Yeah. Was for the 17-year-old, he might not, got a, might not have gotten a conviction of sodomizing a child. Like, sodomy was illegal. Yeah. That, that homosexuality yeah. was technically illegal. Oh, and yeah. and so was sex with children, so... I guess. I didn't even think about... Yeah. Couldn't, yeah. Well, how would just that 13-year-old boy get in trouble then, too? No, because he's a victim. Okay. Like, that poor kid's just... Yeah, he didn't ask you know, for it. He, yeah. It would later be revealed that Friedel's head was wrapped behind... So they were investigating him for the disappearance of Friedel, but they found him sexually assaulting a 13-year-old boy. So he would be arrested for that. Unfortunately, because of the ties with his police department, Fritz was able to dodge his sentence in 1919. Soon after this, Fritz would meet an 18-year-old Hans Granz, who was a runaway from his home in Berlin. He was living in a train depot before Fritz had spotted him, hungry and alone. Fritz would fall in love, bringing the boy back to his home. The sun rose and set on Hans in the eye of his lover, but Hans is said not to have reciprocated this love in full. Finally, in December of 1920, Fritz would serve his sentence for the sexual assault of the 13-year-old of the previous year. I thought he got out of that. Yeah, it was deferred. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, he was able to dodge it for about a year. Then they finally called, you know, they rang his ticket, like, nope, gotta come serve it. Okay. He served the term for nine months before he would, turn to, would return to Hans in their criminal lifestyle. 
After the war had ended, the German economy was down, the black market was up. Hans and Fritz would become kings overnight, but this did not satiate Fritz in all that sordid sexual fantasy. Though he was deeply devoted to Hans, Fritz would still seek out young boys to rape and murder. As mentioned, his first victim was Friedel Roth on September 25, 1918. Harmon sexually assaulted and killed Friedel, and he claimed to have buried Roth in the Stockmeyer Cemetery. Roth's family knew that their son had befriended the detective Harmon because he was impersonating a police officer. So they sent the police to investigate his department, his apartment. In February 1923, Hans and Fritz would meet Fritz Frank and two of his female companions. Fritz and Frank would go back to Fritz's apartment where the boy would be murdered, much in the same way as Friedel, throat ripped out, sexually sodomized, and dismembered. Hans can't be said to have been completely oblivious to what Fritz was up to, as he is said to have encountered Fritz with the nude body of Frank, simply asking when he should come back implying once this is taken care of. Great men find great men, I guess. There's always someone out there that they just get into their grip. This one, the power dynamic is more in Hans's court there. He would, because of the devotion that Fritz had to him, he would manipulate him and kind of used him as a gun at times. When the female companions that Frank had been with would, would, would inquire about him, Hans would tell them that he had traveled back to Hamburg. Fritz would then go on to sell Frank's clothes, dismember the body, and sell his meat on the black market. Saying that. Well, there was hardly anything for oh, I see. So Germany. He was, like, he was, he knew how to get things he because wasn't he was selling him as human meat. No. No, it was not as... advertised as human meat. It was mixed in with other meat or said that it was, you know, pork from a secret supplier. He had all of the, you know, good clothes and trinkets or all the possessions of his victims that he would go on to sell to the desperate victims of a war-torn country. So he had, like, besides the 27 that he was tried for he had way more victims yeah i mean all the people that he touched just here's a murdered guy's jacket for half the price of the department store and here's a little bit of human meat mixed in with your fucking sausage like he was terrorizing the worst way hustling a short five months later in march on march 20th 1923 fritz would rape and murder wilhelm schulz a young man of 17 who was traveling for work as an apprentice writer. Though no remains could be linked to him, his clothing was found in possession of Fritz's landlady, doubtful that she knew their sinister origin. He would go on to murder two more boys before leaving the new Strauss apartment. His fourth victim, Ronald Hutch, would be viciously taken from this world on May 23, 1923. He was a young runaway, only 16, and was last seen at the Hanover train station the butcher's hunting grounds. Eight days later, he would murder 19-year-old Hans Sonnefield, though Fritz would be investigated for the murder, of course denying it, even though Sonnefield's coat and tie were found in his apartment. He would be acquitted of the murder and loosed back on the streets, continuing his, on, uh, continuing his awful acts. A little over a month later, on June 25, 1923, Ernst Ehrenberg, 
who was only 13, would be out running an errand for his parents before being abducted, abducted, raped, and murdered by Fritz. This boy was his own neighbor. That's... Would say good morning. Yeah. All the while, planning his attack. Fritz was cold and calculated, often thinking out his strategies beforehand when he would become the vampire of Hanover. Yeah. Compelled by his disgustingness. Definitely disgusting. Heinrich Struss, 18, would be targeted on August 25th, 1923. He would tear into the boy's throat, as was his M.O., selling the clothes and items to the destitute folk of Hanover. Fritz would keep the boy's violin case, which would link him to the murder in later investigations. You didn't have to keep all the shit, dumbass. Some were trophies, some were just stock. He had no respect for the lives he so candidly took, just so callously, that's the word I was looking for, callously took. Victim. And I'm going to butcher pronunciation. <clears throat> Paul Bronaszewski? Bronaszewsk? Paul Bronaszewsk? I tried. I'm sorry. He was a 17-year-old victim of Harmon and was murdered on September 24th. Paul was offered work by Harmon when he got off the train in Hanover. Paul disappeared as he traveled home to the city of Brock... Brockham? Brockham? Hmm. Should have looked at these pronunciations, but I didn't. Oh, well. After visiting his uncle, Grob Gartz. His ninth victim, Richard Graff, was another 17-year-old victim... Was another 17-year-old who was killed on September 30th, 1923. Graff disappeared after he told his friends that the detective from Hanover had offered him a job. Fritz was a police informant and often portrayed himself as being a Hanover detective. Wilhelm Erdmer was 16 and killed on October 12, 1923. He was the son of a locksmith from the town of Gerardin. While cycling to work, Wilhelm disappeared. On October 20th, eight days after his murder, Fritz was known to have sold Wilhelm's bicycle. Well, he really did just stick with the teenager so far. Yeah, 10 teenage to 17. Boys, yeah. Or 10 to 19. I think 19 was the oldest. He preferred them. I wonder why he has such a disdain for little boys. I don't know. He's a fucked up piece of shit. Clearly. Just wait till you hear how he acted being interviewed. He's fucking... Of course you gotta get them interviews. Yeah. They're all so fucking... Ugh. Herman Wolf was believed to have been killed by Fritz on either October 24th or 25th in 1923. Herman was only 15 years old, and his clothes were linked to Fritz and his acquaintances. Despite Herman's clothing being traced back to Fritz and his friends, Fritz was acquitted of Wolf's murder. I don't know how he kept slipping. He was slimy, obviously. Just. That's how he kept slipping through. Slimy. Ugh. Heinz Brinkman was another 13-year-old boy that Harmon murdered on October 27th in 1923. Brinkman was last seen at the Hanover train station where he missed the train home for the evening. Fritz was known to troll the area for his victims. 
that boy probably would have lived a long life if he had not missed the train. Yeah. Five steps sooner. <laughs> but if it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else. We're not even halfway through. Yeah. Or we are about halfway through. It's ridiculous. And he's not getting caught at all in between these. He's getting caught, but he's just not sticking. It's not sticking. He keeps getting fucking acqui- acquitted. All roads lead back to Fritz Harmon, and yet everyone's blind to the fucking occasion. His 13th, vi- his 13th victim, Adolf Hannapel, was a 17-year-old boy who was killed on November 11th in 1923. Hannapel was an apprentice carpenter from Dusseldorf. At Harmon's trial, witnesses say that he saw Harmon approaching Hannapel right before he disappeared. Once again, witnesses. Yeah, they saw it. Evidence. And yet, you're fine. We go on for a year and a half. Adolf Hennis was believed to be the 19-year-old, a 19-year-old victim of Harmon, killed on December 6, 1923. He was a young man and had traveled to Hanover looking for work. However, Fritz was acquitted of Hennis' murder at the end of his trial. Out of the 27 murders he was charged with, Sonnefeld, Wolf, and Hennis were the three murders that Harmon was not convicted of killing. He most certainly did kill him, though. Oh, did he? I'm sure all the evidence pointed towards him. Just like all the other ones. He he confessed. They just didn't have concrete evidence uh, to link it. His 15th victim, Ernst Speaker, was a 17 was a 17 year old child and was killed by Harmon on January 5th in 1924. Ernst disappeared while he went to look for work in Hanover. Hans Granz. Harmon's lover was wearing Speaker's shirt when he was arrested. Like, how fucked up? Yeah. Like, let me just change my wardrobe real quick. This is in season. I wonder why he had such an attachment to Hans. It was said that he just needed to be loved unconditionally by somebody. Like, he just needed someone to know who exactly he was. But it sounds like Hans didn't do that, though. No, he would mock him. He would be gone for long periods. He was heterosexual, so he didn't even... Like, he provided nothing there for him, and that was his father. His father was gone all the time, berated him, mocked him, abused him. But he wanted to do good. He wanted to be accepted, because Hans accepted Fritz in all of his bloody glory. He couldn't leave Hans. Hans was the end-all, be-all. Without Hans, there was no Fritz. Severely codependent. And Hans took advantage of that. Sounds like it. Heinrich Koch was a twenty was a twenty year old boy. Well, I suppose a man. I don't know. Twenty years still pretty young. Heinrich Koch was a twenty year old man killed by Fritz on January fifteenth. He was known to be an acquaintance of Fritz. Was known to be an acquaintance of Fritz. See? No scruples. Your neighbor, your friend, strangers at the train station. Whatever he needed in that ten days, he must have got. And it was just one after another, over and over. It's like, Overstock.com, the Butcher of Hanover edition. I swear to fuck. (laughs) Willie Senger was a 19-year-old boy killed by Harmon on February 2nd in 1924. At the time of Fritz's arrest for the 27 murders, Senger, Senger's clothes were found in Harmon's apartment. 
His 18th victim, Herman Spieshert, was a 16-year-old victim of Harmon. He was killed by him on February 8th in 1924. Speechert was an apprentice electrician who worked for Lyndon Limmer. Hans Granz was found to be in possession of Speechert's geometry kit after the arrest of Harmon. Alfred Hogriff was a 16-year-old victim of Harmon and was killed by him on April 8th in 1924. Hogriff was an apprentice mechanic after Harmon and Granz's arrest. All of Hogriff's clothing was traced to either Harmon or Granz. Herman Brock, who was 22 and was killed on April 15th in 1924. He was last seen with his friends walking toward Harmon's apartment mid-April. Wilhelm Abel was a 16-year-old teenager killed by Harmon on April 17, 1924. He was lured from work. Oh, it was believed Abel was lured from Hanover, Lynn House and Station to Harmon's apartment favorite stomping grounds where the devil rides the train Robert Witzel was an eight was 18 years old and was killed by Harmon on April 26 1924 Witzel was last seen while visiting a traveling circus and his skull was found on May 20th 1924 where Harmon admitted to dumping Witzel's remains in the lean river Lena lean so he would sell some and then dump some he would dump the bones in the river, mm. sell the items, mix the meat. Okay. His 23rd victim, Heinrich Martin, was a 14-year-old boy and was killed by Harmon on May 19, 1924. Martin was an apprentice locksmith and disappeared from Hanover Station. His leather marine cap was found in Harmon's apartment after his arrest. Fritz Wittig was 17 years old and was killed by Harmon on May 26, 1924. Wittig was last seen in the company of Harmon and Granz at a bar. Harmon insisted that Granz had ordered him to commit both this murder and the murder of Adolf Hannapel. Wow, I wonder why. They had something that Hans wanted. So he pointed Fritz at them and shot him like a gun. Hmm. His 25th victim, Friedrich Abling, was, a, was only 10 years old when he was killed by Harmon on May 26, 1924. Abling was the youngest of the victims of Harmon. He was skipping school and was last seen playing. His remains were dumped in the Lean River. Friedrich Koch was 16 years old and killed on June 5, 1924. Koch vanished on his way to college and was last seen in the company of Harmon. Eric de Vries was 17 years old and killed by Harmon on June 14, 1924. Eric was an apprentice baker, and Harmon led the police to DeVry's remains after his arrest. 27 children in a little over a year. And this could have been avoided if they have just kept the fuck in prison the first time. His mom should also be arrested. For enabling the little fuck? Yeah. Should have kept his ass in there. She died old and lonely. Good. For fuck's sake. Anyway. Discovery. Though the town and the police were aware young men had been going missing, there wasn't much effort into investigating the cases as the victims were often runaways and the system was overwhelmed and underfunded. It wasn't until May 1924 when a couple of young boys were playing by the River Lean and discovered two skulls in a bag. They took their findings to their parents, who in turn took it to the police. 
Soon, several more skulls and skeletons washed up on the banks of the River Lean, causing police to drag the river, discovering the remains of 22 young men and boys. Oh, so he did that with most of his victims. Yeah. It was... The Hanover train station was his hunting grounds, and Lean River was his dumping grounds. And he was just so nonchalant and... Disgusting. He's just this narcissistic prick. Suspicion was quickly laid on Fritz because of his reputation of bringing young runaways to his apartment. Because of his closeness to the Hanover Police Department, they were deemed unfit to investigate. Two detectives were brought in from Berlin to take on the taxing case of the mysterious murdered boys. It did not take long for the detectives before the detectives found Fritz in a dark corner of the Hanover train station attacking a young boy. They threw him in jail while they investigated his apartment. The scene was gruesome. Blood splatter all over the walls, various items, and more than a hundred pieces of clothing strewn about in the haphazard killing ground. While in custody, Fritz was almost excited to confess of his life of evil. Though he did not seem boastful, he recounted though he did not seem boastful, he recounted his crimes with a casual disinterest. When asked how many boys he had murdered, he nonchalantly replied, I don't know, thirty, forty. Regardless of confession, police were only able to link him to the 27, or to 24 out of the 27 mentioned earlier. A trial date was quickly set. During this time, Fritz would insult everyone present while smoking cigars with a smug smile pursed on his crusty lips. In one instance, he was asked if he was responsible for the murder of a boy who he said was too ugly to kill. Damn, he said that in front of his boy, in front of this boy's grieving father. What a, ugh, trash. Fucking disgusting. Police did find him in possession of the boy's belongings, though. When queried as to how he would have these items, if he had not murdered the child, he said he must have done it, but that the kill was not worthy of note such as the rest. Because of his dealing with the black market and the nature of his victim's remains, the meat in Hanover was tested and did come back positive for human DNA. So really, Fritz had hundreds of victims. Like, so like he I must said. Have, he must, that was just the last, like, what, two, three years? For a year and a half, he fed the victims of Hanover, the sure missing it was boys. Before that, too, and many more during. Just yeah, for however long he could get away with it, he got off on it. Felt high and mighty that nobody could catch him, or what that when they did catch him, he would just be let go. God complex, while also being so meek and mild yeah. as to be deemed a coward and harmless. But he's ripping out people's throats. By the Adam's apple. I, I don't know. They all have their fucking thing. Arthur Shawcross and eating vaginas. Fucking. These people. These monsters. Oh. My soul. He was sentenced to... After he was found guilty of the murders, he was sentenced to decapitation by guillotine on April 25, 1925. He had terrorized the world for so long, and it all could have been avoided. It could have, if his mom wasn't such a little bitch. <laughs> if they had just kept him in the asylums, if they had just kept him in the jails, if the police had done their fucking job and... Watched him. Thrown him in the river himself. 
Not so much mentioned. Not so much mentioned, but just as relevant, was that Hans Granz was also convicted of conspiracy to commit murder as he would emotionally blackmail Fritz into killing certain children because they had what he wanted. He was initially sentenced to, he was initially sentenced to 25 years, which would be commuted to a measly 12. He should have gotten the guillotine as well. I'm just saying. Not yep. only could he have turned Fritz in and didn't, he in, encouraged and condoned this monster's heinous lifestyle. His heinous lifestyle. Yeah. After his death, Fritz's head was preserved in formaldehyde and kept in the medical school in Gottingen. Go- Gottingen? Gottingen? You look as serious? Yes. That's lit as fuck. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't see it. It was cremated in 2015. <laughs> I'm sure there's pictures, though. I'm we'll, sure. We'll have to put it on the gram. Yeah. Don't you know, Pod? Follow us on Instagram. Leave a like and a comment. And rate. Yeah, always rate. Like, we don't want your money yet, but we do want your rates. (laughs) And your subs. The 27 victims of Fritz Harmon were buried in a mass grave in Stockner Cemetery. Fritz's crimes would not end with his death, though. In the 1920s, though homosexuality was illegal, it was largely ignored. But because of the cruel nature and his sexual orientation of Fritz and Hans, Rampant homophobia swept over Hanover and, and the surrounding areas, leading to the campaign, leading to a campaign to murder homosexuals by the Nazis in later years. Hans Granz would unfortunately live a long life until his death in 1975, and it wasn't until 2015 that Gothenburg Medical School would cremate the head of Fritz, thus giving an end to the butcher, the vampire, the werewolf of Hanover, Germany. What the fuck? Yeah, it was rough. Well, that's all for this episode. As always, thank you for tuning in and sipping this really gross tea with us. If you'd like to discuss this episode or correct my research, feel free to reach out to us on Don't You Know Pod at in, on Instagram or send us an email at Don't You Know Pod at Outlook.com. For a recap and synopsis of this case, visit our webpage at Don't You Know Pod.com. I'm ha- I'm not Haley. <laughs> I'm not Haley, no. I'm Autumn. And I'm Autumn. And this is Don't You Know. <laughs> Go lock your doors. <laughs> nah, I'm Haley. <laughs>